discover the keys to success. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Good Karma. Whether you are a newbie or an experienced internet explorer, our host will find the answers that you seek. Ask the questions that others are afraid to ask so that you may reap the rewards of your good karma. And now, here's the host of Good Karma, Good ROI, Greg Nyland. Excellent. Hey everybody, welcome back for another excellent show where we're going to help uh, expose a new something without getting all hoity-toity on the technical talk. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the issues that Dick had and what they uncovered was uh, the lesson we can all learn from Dig and their headaches is business models. What's your business model? Is it good, bad, and when is it time to change your business model? So to help me talk about this, I got Brent Kusitaris. Brent, I'm sorry. I apologize. I always screw up your last name. Totally my bad. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, how good. bad did I uh, mangle your last name? Uh, that's pretty bad, but that's all right. Most people can't pronounce it. Actually, the C is <laughs> silent, so it's not too bad, though. <laughs> okay, so as long as I'm as bad as everybody else. You're on par. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you do, uh, you've heard of Dig once or twice before, right? Yeah, I've heard of it. I've played with it a couple times. <laughs> and you were actually on uh, the Good Karma show about a month ago, or maybe two months ago, whenever. Um, it's, and we were talking about uh, social marketing and Dig and having fun and stuff like that. Um, and what happened in Dig in case anybody is living under a rock or they're not familiar with Dig, the social marketing website? Well, it was actually, it was actually pretty interesting. Um, I actually got a ping from a buddy of mine who was actually watching the front page, so I didn't actually catch it, but I jumped right over about 15 minutes after it started, and uh, basically the user base revolted on, uh, um, on Dig, basically. What happened is, is kind of like to make the long story short, somebody went in and posted the HD crack code for HD DVDs so that you can rip you know, the new HD DVDs. And basically, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong if you know more about this, but I'm pretty sure that Dig was uh, in cahoots with HD DVD for advertising. They're one of the sponsors on their site. And at they one time, they were sponsoring Dig. So, yes, there was, yeah. at one point, there was money going to Dig. And they got a, from what I understand, and I don't, I, again, I honestly don't know if this is true or not. You can't really prove it or not, but they say they got a, a cease and desist letter saying that they had to take the code off of the site. Now, I think that more likely if you're doing business with somebody, they probably got a phone call that said, hey, take it down, but, or they did it on their own. But nonetheless, they were, the, the, the way it's told is that they got a cease and desist and they were forced to take it down and pretty much the community and actually banned the URL from the site that it came from. And I don't know if they banned any of the users that were submitting it, but they made sure that it wasn't going to get back up there. And basically the community really went nuts on them. And it was really kind of like a little ongoing battle at Dig. If you were on the front page, basically what they did is they organized a mass push to get posts on the front page with the code. And so, I mean, literally every single post, every single article on the front page of Dig was poking at Dig, at Kevin Rose, and, and posting the code over and over again. And it really started getting chaotic when you would see the digs versus the berries. So there was obviously either some major delays 
between pages or there was some ongoing battles because you would see like 50, 60 digs up and then like 30, 40 down and then like 200 up and then like 200 down. So it was going back and forth. And at some point it got so chaotic, they actually ended up shutting off the submits and they ended up shutting off any additional articles to make it to the front page. So it was kind of fun. I felt kind of bad um, because I really like Dig and I, I, I really enjoy it for the value that it has for us. But, you know, that whole mob mentality kind of takes you over. And I was like really rooting for it to go down. It was like, eh, you know? Yeah. Um, I, Kevin Rose uh, learned firsthand that when you're developing a community website, you can also become the victim of mob mentality very fast. <laughs> And I talked to a lot of other people who felt the same way. I mean, they all love Dig. They don't really want to see it go away. But at the moment, it was just like it was something in time to watch happen, you know? Yeah. Also, um, you know, just in case anybody doesn't under realize, like, how crazy this was getting is, Dig has, you would say, what, thousands, if not tens of thousands of stories every day. And the oh, front yeah. page Absolutely. is a, just a wide collection of that. And they do a great job of making sure the front page is a wide variety of that. But and I don't, I don't know if they weren't possibly, I mean, it was really organized, because another point to make is that, you know, the average really successful dig article, you know, gets anywhere from 800, you know, maybe 1,000 to 2,000 digs, just depending. I mean, when people start getting into the 4,000, 5,000 dig number, it's like record-breaking. But the stories that were getting on the front page were getting upward of over 10,000 digs, and no other articles were making it. So they were obviously burying all the regular articles and, and really had a, an organized attack on the, on the system. Yeah, I've never seen such a high concentration on the homepage. I mean, you look at the homepage, and they're trying for to have a wide variety of different stories. And even with them trying to kill the stories as they popped up, you would see the first nine stories were all identical, or like near identical, I should say. But um, just all trying to suppress this. Uh, pretty much it's those and the thing that everybody's all up in arms about it's what 20 30 characters alphanumeric yeah, characters yeah it's just you know like um for anybody that's unfamiliar with this we're only talking about a sequence of 30 letters and numbers okay that's all we're talking about and there's a organization out there that says they own the copyrights to that sequence of numbers and another point to make is that, you know, there's two sides to the story, but one of the things that was really pissing the user base off was that it's not illegal to post these numbers. It's, you know, what you do with the numbers. So, right. If you say this is, if you use these numbers, you can hack into this system, you know, and now you can use this program, you know, watch DVDs on a Linux computer, for instance. Um, that would be illegal. But if you put those images into a picture or into a song, well, you know, it's very hard to say you're breaking the law in that fashion. Yep. Um, but I don't know if anybody's gotten a chance. If you guys, just to mention, if you didn't get a chance to see it, you, um, I only know of one site that I happened to notice that had some of the pictures, and that was ProNet Advertising. They, have, uh, they were doing some posts on there as it was going on. They were linking back to Kevin Rose's post. They had uh, all the pictures and screenshots. So, Oh, you didn't see the colorful pictures then? No, I, those are the only ones I uh, saw. I was actually on Dig, so I didn't, spend, I didn't really leave much. You know, I was waiting to see what was going to happen. 
actually there had was some a story that we were trying to get on the front page. So um, we were, some really brilliant uh, adult industry entrepreneurs saw a way to get you know their product mainstream instead of being kept in the back corner. They started taking um, adult images and on certain items of anatomy, they were <laughs> photoshopping in the sequence the of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, legally uh, you can do uh, artistic representation there. I will say but, I did see uh, somebody else who did it with the 3D image. They took one of those where you have to stare at it, 3D images, <laughs> and they put them in there as well to try to do it. <laughs> right. And it's not like this is, you know, these, the sequence, if you know the sequence, you can hack into nuclear weapons. We're simply talking about how to be able to watch a DVD on different computer systems. Yeah. You know, and, um, um, you know it, it, it had a, c- a conclusion to it. You know, basically, Kevin Rose did probably, what I, and I've been repeating this to a lot of people, it's probably one of the best brand management, you know, public relations things he could have done is that he basically, when the nightmare was going on, they didn't try to, you know, ban a bunch of people or lock the site, really, or, you know, take the post out. They kind of took it in stride, and then, you know, at a certain point, they made a post. Kevin, I, I don't know if Kevin made the post, but uh, he ended up submitting the post that was from the dig community, basically saying, you know, we hear you, and we understand that we, you guys don't really care if we go down or not. You want us to fight and so we're going to fight whatever happens will happen and so they kind of came around and 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 put themselves in the savior position and and put themselves in this good position you know with their users saying we'll go down with the fight for you but i mean they really had no choice because they were screwed either way so yeah and they sort of still are in a bad position okay because dig um you know, in a relatively short amount of time has developed a huge user database, okay? A lot of people have accounts at DIG. Um, even people have multiple accounts at DIG. So, but I mean, huge user database, it's what, in the six figures, right? Or did it break the seven figures? I forget. They say it's breaking seven figures, but I mean, realistically, it's probably getting close, but I don't think it's probably over a million Right, and it's hard to say because of all the user accounts, and you know some people have multiple accounts, so it's hard to say the real number. But at least people have signed up for over a million different profiles. Okay, yep. um, and so that's just hey, you got to applaud them for that. And people are going, wow, this is really driving a lot of traffic um, to websites. I mean, they can drive so much traffic to your website; it can crash servers. Um, which is cool if you want to expose a message. Also, by exposing your message, you can get a lot of backlinks. So a lot of people are liking Dig, and everybody's saying Dig is great, Dig's the future, social marketing, and this is you know, how we're going to do stuff in the future. And so it was starting to become like the next Google, sort of. You know, Everybody was getting behind it, and everybody was liking the business model. Um, but now this happens, where the user base is not happy, and now they're forcing Dig to pretty much go into a legal battle, and we're hoping the legal battle can get avoided at the last second, but I doubt it. Um, And so that sort of gets into our future, like the conversation we want to have for this show. What happens when you come up with a good business model, you're successful, you have over a million user accounts, 
and then all of a sudden something happens. When's it time to say, need to change the business model or just, you know, do you stick to your guns and go on with all that fun stuff? So let's take a quick commercial break, um, and we're going to come right back talking about business models and helpful hints and tips. Stay tuned, everybody. Stick around. Good Karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. Howdy, boys, and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnick Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them new Fangle Plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our Performance Rewards Program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtones, hell, we got them all. Yeehaw! Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com and we'll have you so happy, you'll be squealing like a pig. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on genienose.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. Genienose has delivered results. Attention, WebmasterRadio.fm, loyal listeners and our premium podcasters. If you are experiencing trouble listening or downloading from WebmasterRadio.fm, you can help us help you help you. Email us at support at WebmasterRadio.fm. That's support at WebmasterRadio.fm. Our staff will go into action to fix broken links, podcast, and streaming issues. WebmasterRadio.fm is dedicated to providing the most optimized listening experience anywhere. WebmasterRadio.fm is proud to stream our first-class program by providing multiple Listen Live links on our homepage via our new content delivery network, Akamai. Help us to keep everyone in the B2B business world connected to webmasterradio.fm. Now back to Good Karma, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey everybody, Greg here, and I got Brent, and we just talked about SIG, and now we're going to be talking about what the future is for them with their business models, and what the future should be for you and your business models. Um, So, for anybody that's listening, you know, you should definitely take a lesson from DIG, because you might not have a million user accounts which just rebelled against you in a split second. Um, like Dig did, but maybe you're in, you know, working for a corporation and you're doing an affiliate site at night. 
you know, at what time is it do you quit your day job and just do affiliate projects full-time? Or if you're doing affiliate projects, when is it time to, you know, switch from affiliate and then start going into made-for-adsense websites? Who knows what it is? But, you know, um, talking about some things to keep an eye out for, like, Brent, when you're evaluating your business model, okay, how do you know when you're doing a good job on your business model and when your business model starts getting shaky? Well, I guess, I mean, pretty much you can, you can do the easy and quick uh, guidance, and that's when you start losing money or making money. You know, that's always pretty a good, good indicator that you're doing something right. Um, I don't know. I, I always have a hard time with, uh, with business models because I think that it, they're always very, you know, vague, and I say that a lot. A lot of things are very vague when you read about them and you look into them, but I think it's really what works for you and your group and your user base. And, you know, a lot of people have criticized, like since we're talking about Dig, I mean, a lot of people have criticized Dig for sticking with uh, AdSense so, so long and not really making any money. And you can see that they've recently switched over to a lot more um, variety of affiliate ads and, and AdSense and whatnot. But uh, it's important, you know, when you're doing your business model not to piss off your user base. And I hear that a lot from people that are really successful. You hear, you know, Shoe Money talk about it. You hear a lot of people talk about they don't, you know, they're very careful about how they do their ads not to piss people off. Yeah, um, because a lot of people, whether you like them or hate them, they're your audience out there, and you've got to make them happy. Because if you don't make them happy, they're going to go away. And if you don't have an audience, then I doubt you're going to be able to promote something, sell something, or you know, do anything to be able to generate revenue. You generally need some audience of some way, so you got to be careful about protecting that audience. Um, when you're looking at your uh, your revenue flow, how often are you? You know, month to month, quarterly, yearly. I think you can get away with you know different different time periods depending on what your your true goal is. I mean, I'm really big on the eighty percent rule. You can you can do really well if you work about eighty percent on any project, and then you you don't worry about the finalization of the last twenty percent. Um, I know that's probably not what a lot of people would want to think about because you think that you want to dominate the entire hundred percent of it. But I don't know. I mean, I really think that you can do well with a moderate level of maintenance on your business model once you get in place. I mean, I think that it's just like a lot of SEO, it's, it's a lot of upfront work and finding and researching and figuring out what works. But once you find what works, I think it's pretty easy after that, and it's just maintenance. So I would say probably on a daily basis all the time first starting out. And then, you know, as you, you start to get into your groove, I think you can really kind of take it easy and just maintenance it. Yeah, if you're launching a new business model, okay, definitely have enough capital on hand to take you for at least three months, preferably six months to a year. Um, because if, you're, if you can't plan out well enough to know what your expenses are going to be for six months to a year, you probably haven't thought well enough about your business model. Um, and that's a lot of times when people come to me for help with their, you know, websites. I'm asking, I look at their websites, and then I can quickly realize, wait a minute, they're totally unprepared. And then I ask them, what's their business model? And they don't have a good one. They're just like, well, everyone else is doing it. And that's not a business model. You know? Yeah, I have a, I have a real challenge with my, um, my blog, you know, 
trying to work with that just because of of the the audience that I happen to keep, and it's really really hard to monetize. So I've gone through just about almost everything, and and it's it's a real challenge. It really is. But I mean, there's certain things that you know, there's certain points that you can look at and that you should look at, and and one of those going off of what we're talking about right now is is making sure that what you're trying to do has a knowledgeable advertiser or a monetization. You know, make sure that the people or the or the avenue that you're looking at to advertise for, make sure they're savvy enough to know that they should be advertising that market. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of those top, you know, big money markets, like even medical and some of that type of stuff, a lot of times those bigger companies don't feel comfortable advertising. You can get yourself in a situation where you would feel like it should be really successful, but then you find out there's nobody that's really interested. Yeah, uh, um, I actually get very frustrated in that um, when I'm dealing, uh, I occasionally uh, do projects in the legal area. And I got to tell you, lawyers are one of the most, in general, um, the ones I've dealt with have been hardest to get them to invest money into a project. Like I look at how much money they make from a case, okay, so I know their profit margins, and I tell them how much it is going to do it right, and they always want it for like less than that. Um, and it's just so aggravating that they don't have realistic expectations on what the costs are. So oh, but they'll not, spend like they'll spend a ton of their budget on stupid marketing and brand campaigns on offline. It's it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, it, it's their comfort level. Um, so again, if you know you're looking to do an online business model, um, you know a business model for an online uh, business, make sure you take into account these things because you're saying, hey, these people are dropping a ton of money offline. Well, that money might not be translating to online spending. And we're talking, and we're also talking mainly about advertising at this point. You know, I mean, if your business model is a product, you pretty much know what your, you know, your direction needs to be um, for the for the focus of your your model. But we, we, I think what we're mainly talking about is whether you're trying to build up a user base, an intellectual base, or you know, to monetize a site that you're already running. But you could also extend this to people that are, you know, computer pro- uh, website programmers and graphic designers. Um, those people, because they're, you know, providing a service, they're not selling advertising. Um, and you might go to a guy and you might say, hey, you know, I'll make you a great website. I'll make sure the title tags are great. I'll have perfectly optimized content. You know, it'll all be uniquely uh, written and all this great other stuff. And But so, so many times people won't buy into that because, they just want the quick bang, and they don't want to invest into a good, solid foundation of a good website. Absolutely. You know, so um, if, when you're doing a business model, I think we're definitely highlighting a point here. And in case you haven't realized, research, okay? Mm-hmm. I think we've said it every other way than hitting you over the head. Step number one, make sure you do great research. Step number two, keep doing your research on a daily basis or at least like a weekly, monthly basis to make sure, hey, am I still, you know, getting a profit on this? If I'm not getting a profit, at least am I getting an investment? Like, okay, for the first six months, I'm going to lose money. I'm not going to sell advertising or I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to build out websites for free, but I'm going to be building a clientele and investing in that so that way next year I can make a killing on these people, you know? That's def- you've got to 
pace yourself and keep track of what your uh, progress is. And don't be, ex- don't be scared to experience, experiment a little bit, you know. That's one of the things that I always found out is that you can pretty much get a, a real quick idea of what's working or not working for you. It's not like, you know, in the real world, you know, where you have to build up, a, you know, people have to see your store. I mean, you bring 10,000 people through a site where you, you have 10,000 people look at your service and whatever you're doing to monetize it hasn't worked, you can pretty much jump ship and find something else pretty easy. Yeah, and that's also what's so great about um, online uh, businesses in that by doing an online business, you don't need as much overhead as doing, you know, you know, by doing a brick-and-mortar store, um, you need to pay rent, you need to buy furniture, you need to hire people to act. But if you're doing it online, you can spend one hour a night, you know, doing just a test run. Hey, let's test this concept out. Let's see if it's going to work. It might not be as profitable as a full-scale production, you know, an online project, um, because you'll actually gain efficiency as you're doing it as a full-time gig. But if you can make money working one hour a night, then definitely it's something you can make money on doing it full-time. I got a question. What do you think, Greg? What do you think about um, being with the whole niche aspect? Do you think it's better to be really niche niched out in your business, like you only cater to one section, but you, you own it? Or do you think it's better to have a more general um, outlook on your company and be more easy to, you know, form into any avenue that you want to go down? Um, well, that sort of leads into mission statement, which we'll talk about a little later. But um, I prefer, this is my preference, to own multiple niches. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, if you own a niche, it's great because you control it. And therefore, once you control an area, um, it's almost like a monopoly of sorts. You can raise your rates. You're going to be number one. Like uh, certain keywords, if you search for Google, you're going to come up with a lot of sites. Mm-hmm. And without even knowing it, I'll, you know, I secretly control five out of the top ten sites. Okay, by controlling five out of the top ten sites, I control a lot of eyeballs. And if any one of my sites falls down, well, I'm secure because, hey, you know, I control this niche. I control this keyword, and I'm always going to get the traffic with one of my sites. Okay? Um, But being in one niche, like let's say they find out that, you know, widgets cause cancer. Well, you're up a creek unless, you know, so that niche might get wiped out, so then you have to move to another one. Um, that's why I prefer to go through multiple niches. But that's Sounds my good. personal preference. Yeah, I always find that, you know, I, I like the idea of being niche, but I'm really big in social media, and I find it a lot harder to engage in social media sometimes. I mean, it depends on the niche, obviously, but it, I find it harder to really utilize everything that's out there and when you want to. Like, I mean, it's really hard to game dig and to get on dig if you're not a technology, you know, or some kind of really random, you know, special thing in any field. Like, I mean, you can always get up there if it's really special. Like, there's some pill that will, you know, take all your wrinkles away for life. You know, you're definitely going to get up on, on the front page of dig for it. But on a, on a normal basis, it's technology-based. So people without a technology niche really get screwed out of the aspect of using dig. 
So I always wonder, like, especially with everything going to this more of an online marketing overhead of everything from SEO to to social and, and paid search, if, if being in a small niche is going to be harder and harder? Well, the way I'd address that issue um, with social marketing is um, definitely create multiple accounts at Zig, okay? Because if you create, again, multiple accounts at Zig, it's going to make it easier on you. Um, oh, did I just say that out loud? Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody has become the norm accounts. at this point. <laughs> um, but, y- yeah, you know, become a king over at Zig, okay? Um, but, however, Zig's user base, as you say, it's mostly male. They're mostly younger. You're in their 20s. Uh, if you have technology or, you know, information that's related, something that a young guy in his 20s would be interested in, yeah, you're going to be able to get Zig very well. Um, but if you go over to the other social marketing websites, you know, that's what I would say become master of multiple niches. So game dig, go after Netscape. Netscape has a different user base, so you'll be able to push out different stories, get different traffic from Netscape, um, and go after uh, StumbleUpon, other places like that. Um, that's how I would address you know, that and to get yourself a little bit of uh, diversify and lower your risk level. So, um, but this actually brings up a really good point. Uh, or I shouldn't say point, but real-life example. Uh, One of my friends for the longest time has been swearing up and down to everybody and anyone that will listen to him, and he will get extremely animated, okay? Because my friend, for the longest time, was running a large network of sites um, in a very profitable industry. I'm not going to say which one it was, but it was one of the... It was in the pill porn casino area, okay? So he was clearly making a ton of money. And by making a ton of money, he was making four or five figures a day, okay? Depending on what type of day he was having. And so whenever you came up to him with a great idea, he would say, no, I don't care if, you know, you can make a lot of money doing that. I'm doing this and I'm focusing all of my resources and therefore he was able to do it great. Nobody else could do it better than him. He was doing it great. Problem with that is um, the search engines have not been taken kindly to those industries for the last few years, and his money, his revenue has been getting smaller and smaller. Um, to the point now, he's where, doing legit work in that area? or is um, Do you know anybody that does legit work <laughs> in that area? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All I'm saying is he's doing internet marketing, he's making a ton of money, and he was able to make a ton of money for, you know, multiple years. But I would say probably the last 18 months have just been r- pretty much brutal, okay? Like oh, every yeah. month has been worse than the month before. And so now, you know, he's getting to the point where he's rethinking his business model. Before his business model was he's going to do 100% on this one single industry. And that, it was great because at the time, trust me, he's made over a million bucks, okay? Like, I don't feel bad for the guy. He's not <laughs> going to go to a poor house or anything like that. Like, oh, I'm so sorry you haven't made money the last month, you know? Yeah, but people, nobody wants to step backwards, you know? Exactly. Right. That, 
once you start getting the good money, you and you have a bad month. Oh, it hurts worse than never having that money. I don't um, like being one dollar lower than I was a previous month. I mean, that's how cynical I am about it. Uh, last month, eight dollars above the previous month. And there you I go. That's success right there. <gasps> oh, you have no idea how much I was like. I, I was refreshing that till on the last day of the month. <laughs> come on, come on. But you and know what I mean, right? Even if it's like one dollar short, you feel like you lost. It's like, ah. Oh. It, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's a silly thing, but it really is nice to see month after month growth. It really is. Um, so he's actually now in the situation where he's had the same business model for four, maybe five years now, and he stuck with it and has not been making significant money for probably um, at least the six months, probably much longer than six months. So, you know, he's at the point where he's finally realized it's time to get a new business model. Um, and everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people in the industry, um, because they've done things in the past where they made a lot of fast money and it was fun and it was great, but when you're making fast money, you can also, uh, that money can fast dry up. So people, as we're starting to realize, hey, we're in our 20s and 30s, and we don't want to retire till we're 60 or 70, we better figure out a more sustainable business model. Um, because even if you do earn like a million bucks and you're out of the business, a million bucks is not going to give you that much money to survive until you're 70. Um, so, so he wasn't one of the ones that he started you know, putting together those resumes once they passed the legal aspect of it? <laughs> I know a whole bunch of people that did. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but it's just when you're looking at your business model, um, and even if you're earning a lot of money today, okay, you got to ask yourself, is it possible to make more money next month? Or if it's not possible, can I sustain this month? Or is it going to take a dive next month, you know? Um, and you got to make plans for this. Um, and it's not, and the way the search engines and the internet are going, I mean, I, I, I say a lot about search engines, but traffic has been diversifying more and more. I mean, I know people that barely use search engines now and get most of their traffic from social marketing and from other ways. So, um, you know, you got to be able to modify your business model and keep on top of it. And uh, you have any uh, good tips on... Uh, how you would modify a business model like my friend who was making a ton of money focusing solely on one thing. Um, you know, any tips of wisdom for him? Well, that, yeah, I know which probably industry, and it's, it's difficult now because of the, the legalities involved. But, I mean, it, taking that out, yeah, I mean, what I would probably do is try to look to become a resource on an in-between. You know, let's say, for instance, it was, you know, poker. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways right now that you can become a resource, and you hear that over and over from people, but whether you're making Vista gadgets or whether you're, you know, making uh, calculators or something or, you know, anything that you can make, little games and stuff that will help you out, tips and stuff that can put you in the industry still so that you can leverage your traffic, but at the same time takes you out of the you know, the loss factor that you're in. Um, so, I mean, 
one of the ways I guess I would say is make a, make a gadget, make a resource, make yourself an information center, and, and that's just basing that on the specific uh, niche. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, at certain times, like if you're in poker, let's face it, the money's dried up, but the competition level hasn't dried up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because when the money was there, and the money's still, like, I mean, let's face it, it's not a proper situation. Like, you're not going to go broke going into poker. You'll still make a few bucks, but it's not like what it used to be. Um, and so, um, the competition, all the backlinks, all of the oh, domains, yeah. all of the content, well, that stuff doesn't go away overnight, even though the revenue streams go away overnight. So I hear what you're saying, and that's like a good way to soften the blow. You know, when you start seeing your revenue streams shrink, it's time for you to start expanding into new opportunities. And one easy way to expand is to make yourself into a resource. Yeah, I mean, finding what people are still wanting out of that, but I get your point, yeah. You know, it's like um, like a lot of places are changing. Like, uh, you know you know the guys from Best of the Web, right? Uh, I've, I've seen them once or twice. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, <laughs> even even the Best of the Web and directories, like big, solid things that have normally been a, stand, a standing point in, in the community are even changing. Like Best of the Web, they're going to end up doing local stuff now you know, to help evolve. So, you know, local has become such a huge thing with, with everything that's going on with Google and Yahoo and people focusing in on the local search that that's one of the examples of, like, people making a change to try to keep up. Yeah, um, and another good way, is, basically it's just if you're going to do a business model, especially with everything's changing, you might be able to come up with a mission statement because every all the really expensive consultants say, you need a mission statement to do it right, you know, and pretty much that's code for you need to pay me $20,000 to come up with a line that's going to make you feel warm and fuzzy but not make you a dime of uh, profit at the end of the day. Um, you know, even if your mission statement is, I'm going to expose eyeballs to uh, content and make money on the transaction of eyeballs, something like that, you know, um, the ways eyeballs move nowadays, you know, getting humans from one place to another or getting them to take an action and making a commission or something like that, it's changing, you know. Uh, you look at Google and you look at how much they've changed over time, and you wonder how long Google can last as itself. Um, So many alternatives are coming out there. For instance, um, TV. In five years' time, we might no longer have a computer screen and a TV screen. We might just have one entity that allows you um, to do, you know, watching TV while at the same time text messaging other random viewers of TV. Um, there's a lot of social uh, TV aspects that are being beta tested right now, like Juiced. Um, and if anybody wants a Juiced invite, um, J-O-O-S-T, um, just throw it into the chat room right now, and I'll get you a hookup for a beta test for Juiced. Um, so you don't know what's going to go on, and the smartest thing is research so that way you know how your business is doing and then be able to act fast to modify your business model. So, yeah, it's hard. It, that's that's the hardest thing that I think people have to deal with is is finding a way to have a successful business model. 
And, you know, you see it all the time. I mean, you have, I don't know if a lot of people have noticed that, like, the phone companies are all doing, like, deals now to give you free ringtones. They've noticed that it's a huge market, so they've evolved from offline completely to try to get online and get you, you know, to be, you know, used to using their services for ringtones now. Really? Who's giving free ringtones? I got yeah. one. All of them are. They, like, match. I, I've seen the commercials on TV all the time with the Casa, you know, buy this phone from, and we'll give you one year of free downloads from Casa. Um, buy this phone and unlimited downloads of, you know, MP3 ring, ringtones. Is Casa legal? <laughs> Apparently it is now. After they got sued, they, they changed a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, I guess they're like Napster. They were once really crazy, and now... Yeah, after they get sued, they clean up their act a bit. They changed their business model. Go figure. (laughs) They saw that lawsuit and said, well, you know what? Maybe we can charge people for this. And they went from advertising to uh, advertising and sales. Yeah, and again, another great, you know, way of uh, making a, a smart business model, you know. And just because you're not, you know, your business model made a lot of money last year, and, you know, this year it's not doing so well, it doesn't mean it was a bad business model. Um, business models are just really time-sensitive, and you need to be able to recognize that fact. Well, um, I mean, you have yourself, Greg. I mean, where, has, where have we seen a huge business model change here in the SEO community? You know, uh, SEO days, um, SEO class, your thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, that... Uh, that whole like mini conference thing that changes every single day. Just, just unreal. I'm, um, I'm kind of curious where the bigger conference scene is going to go. I mean, we went from people really having to decide over three or four conferences a year that they would hit, and now you've got three or four a month. Well, there's still the flagship ones. Okay, so even though the conference, um, using the conference system as an example of changing business models. Okay. Um, are there a lot more search engine strategies? Yes. You know, are there a lot of, you know, different Webmaster World events? Yes. You know, it's more than it was, you know, three years ago. But Webmaster World still has the flagship in Las Vegas. Once a year, everybody goes to that one in Vegas um, at the end of the year, November, December. This year it's in December. Um, search engine strategies, there's two ones, two of them that everybody goes to. San Jose because it's in the backyard of all the search engines and New York. Um, all the other search engine strategies, I view them more like local events. If you're in the neighborhood, hey, you swing by. If you're bored, you swing by. But they're not really that big. Um, and then you look at even the smaller ones, like SEW Live, uh, SE, uh, SEO Days, SEO Class. Those are more for the um, lower-level intermediate people that are looking to uh, connect, you know? Um, so we also got SMX now. I mean, I just noticed a, a lot in the conversation I have with people. I'll be like, are you going to this conference? And they're like, I can't. I can only get, you know, two a year. I can only get three a year. And yeah, I but, think that it's going to start dividing people out. But SMX, I mean, my point of view, that one's next year... SES goes away and SMX replaces it because um, people were going to you know search engine strategies because Danny Sullivan, Danny Sullivan had yeah. right he developed it into a great one and now that he's gone and he's developing SMX um, you know you're it's going to be the transition of people it's not going to happen overnight um, you know 
and it's not as simple as it was, you know, uh, years ago. I, mean, and I think it also ago, might be better. I mean, because I, I, I've noticed a lot of the complaints from the conferences, though, there's just too many people. I don't notice. I, I'm generally in the bar, so there's only a finite <laughs> people that can fit in the bar. <laughs> you it's and a glass and 50 people, and that's all you remember, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, way back when, even when, you know, there was only like three SE, uh, search engine strategies a year, okay, um, or, you know, there was one PubCon a year type of deal, you know, um, you'd still walk into a conference room, okay, a, a massive ballroom, and you see 500 people sitting down taking notes, and then you see Matt Cutts leaning up against the back wall with his notebook writing down everything that the speaker said. <laughs> and, you know, as soon as I saw that, I go nuts. Why am I going to waste my time to, you know, hear what everyone else is hearing? Because anything that's worth, you know, that's valuable, it's going to get turned off overnight. Um, and that happens multiple times. Uh, multiple times, people at these conferences shared great tools and great techniques that, oh my goodness, you implemented this, and yet within like one week you could get your website number one. It was beautiful stuff. But because it was said publicly in front at a podium in front of 500 people, Google shut it off overnight. Actually, it took them about one to two weeks to shut it off after the conference. But, and that happens multiple times. So, you know, that's why I find conferences are better to use as networking. Go yeah. there, talk with people, have your one-on-one -on -one conversations, because that's when, hey, I'm willing to share my inside information if you share with me your inside information. And because we don't have 500 people listening in, we're not going to be, you know, flooding the landscape and we're also not going to be upsetting Google because Google, they're not too happy, you know, with things that we're doing, but they're not going to take individual action. However, if you tell a thousand webmasters to do something, then they're going to have to take action and, you know, close out the back door. You know? Then you can use the conference agendas for your justification for all those people out there that can't say to their boss, I'm going to drink for three days. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Seeing the conferences, getting uh, the landscape getting fuller, I should say, um, that's not a bad thing from my point of view. Um, it's sort of like uh, the blogs and the web uh, resources out there, you know? Before, Webmaster World was pretty much the only resource out there, and Danny Sullivan pretty much was like one of the only blogs you would read, you know? And he was doing his, like, post before blogs were even like daily talk, you know. Um, and I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get the concept. Like, there was very limited sources, so it made it easy to keep track of all the information. But now everybody has a blog. There's multiple forums out there that all have good information. And it's sort of a good thing that, you know, there's more resources, because it's better to have more resources and complain about not having enough time to keep on track of everything than complaining, oh my goodness, there's only really like one form where I can go for information, you know, and they don't have that answer. So um, by more people involved in our industry is a good thing. It's going to help us all at the end of the day. Well, we're definitely in the time period of not having enough time to read all the blogs. I know it drives me nuts. Well, that's why I go to uh, Search Engine Roundtable. I yeah, like Barry's Barry does a great job of wrapping it up. <laughs> 
So let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back wrapping it up with our helpful hints about business models. Stay tuned, everybody. Stick around. Good Karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. WebmasterRadio.fm. Clothing is optional. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. How do you choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents Inspirational Moments by David Naylor. So we sat around the bar, and he's like, it's quarters. And I'm like, what do you mean quarters? He said, it's where you bounce a quarter into a pint. So I picked up my quarter and just threw it into his drink. He's like, I'm like, did I win? He's like, no. No, you didn't. It's like, I want to get cooties. Then I'm like, I'm looking at his little ball patch. I'm thinking, dude, you got cooties in the head already, so it's not going to hurt. <laughs> For more inspirational moments with David Naylor and Mikkel DeMint every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Strike Point, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now back to Good Karma, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody. Greg and Brent here, and we're chatting about business models and the headache that Dig had earlier. Um, So hopefully the guys from Dig can uh, listen in on this and get helpful hints on where to move on next, so that way all their lovely stock options won't go down the wrong way. Um, (laughs) But... Just to wrap everything up, I think um, one word of advice also, um, which I haven't mentioned before, and a lot of people do um, do this, is if you have a business model, okay, and lots of times it's easier to fake it until you make it, and by which I mean, you know, make yourself out to be more successful, talk about your good stuff not necessarily publicize your bad stuff. 
because if people know that you're a winner, it's going to be a lot easier um, to collaborate with other people and also uh, sell yourself out to Google later down the line. Right, Brent? Yeah, absolutely. That's what YouTube did. How much is Google getting sued for now? (laughs) (laughs) uh, That was brilliant when YouTube sold out their business model to Google. Um, And those two guys posted the video of them just, like, dancing and laughing. I got to tip the hat to those two guys because they earned it. You know, they clearly developed the user base. They developed a great resource. And they then handed it off to Google to do all the hard stuff. And let's face it, I mean, all the big companies are buying up user bases. That's all they're after right now. I mean, you got, you know, DoubleClick recently acquired, you know. The list goes on and on. There's so many purchases of user bases, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And you could even lower it down to, you know, it's not even so much about users, but about eyeballs. And if you can get eyeballs to your stuff, you can always find a way to monetize it. You know, it might be through advertising, it might be through, um, you know, sales, it might be through some other way, but if you get the eyeballs, definitely, you know, that's half the battle right there. Absolutely. Um, So develop the eyeballs, keep yourself on your toes, and just, you know, be willing and ready to change. So... And if you're in corporate world and you're listening to this because you're not 100% into the marketplace, don't worry about it. But definitely, you know, try to lay down some groundwork. Um, I used to be corporate way back when, um, and I was doing, you know, internet marketing for a company. And I was doing a lot of stuff, and at which point I started realizing if I left and developed my own company, I'd be making a ton more money. So slowly over time, I developed it so that way I wouldn't have to leave, you know, my corporate gig and just fall flat and have zero revenue. So, you know, don't worry about having multiple business models, you know, working on two separate projects at once. You know, another another thing to, to mention, that, you know, a lot of this has been for people that are kind of web, you know, owners and, and content owners and so forth. But a lot of these uh, developer guys out there that might be listening, you guys can create products like a lot of these companies do that are, are, are easy enough to use but hard to manipulate and hard to change. And, you know, like there's Plig and there's a lot of other platforms out there that they'll provide to you free and then they'll charge you for modifications and they'll charge you for customization and support. So another thing you can do is create a really good platform and then release it for free to get the, the publicity behind it and then offer your services for adjusting it or changing it. Yeah, or be like Microsoft and just make a ton of money selling crappy stuff and then force them to upgrade it every six years. <laughs> and make them upgrade not only the operating system, but all the programs that go along with it. <laughs> Most not likely your hardware, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, hey, there's lots of ways you can make money out there, but the smart way to do it is um, research it properly, uh, Keep on monitoring it as you go along and make adjustments when needed. So that's uh, our words of wisdom. Anything uh, final? Anything else? I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, you got you got to find your thing. You know, find your thing. You know it better than anybody else. And when it sticks, jump in full as much as you can. Excellent final words. And I'll throw one last question at you. What's the weird Asian news of the day? Uh. Actually, 
I just hit big with a big one, and it turned out to be fake. And it was a program. It was a don't touch breast fight about a uh, self defense uh, Nintendo game that was supposed to be coming out in Japan, teaching women how to defend themselves against the groping men of Japan. And it turned out to be fake. So that's the weird news, but it's not really news. But did you get on the front page of Dig? Oh yeah. Then it's all good. Yeah. Dig front and page. And for is all good, other no weird Asian news. Do it. Where should people go for all their weird Asian news? Uh, WeirdAsianews.com. That's it. Excellent. Thanks so much again for joining us, Brent, and Thanks, everybody Brent. out there. Hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. <laughs>